you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Full of hot takes and cool dads. (laughs) From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. Got heroes here. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Cool dad alert. Look out. Self-proclaimed, but... Yeah, I'll take that out of uncool dads. But yeah, we, you know, we're a little different. We're a little different than when we started in 2013. Well, we weren't dads. I, I think I was. I know I was. Um, and so was Mark. But yeah, but know, we I were, was early, dad, early so. dad. I was already to two yeah. children, but not, we weren't because you weren't. If, if, you right. If, much, much if older if than me. If it's Mark so. and I, then it hasn't <laughs> happened to the show. It needs to. I think everyone knows that fatherhood started in 2014 <laughs> with the arrival of Jack Carson Hansis. By the way, speaking of uh, my son. Uh, and my other son and my family and really the whole town where I live. Congratulations to El Segundo, uh, the Little League team. They won the whole thing. They won. They won the Little League World Series. Um, it's wild. Won the United States title, beating Texas on Saturday, then won the world title yesterday on a walk off by this kid, Lewis Lappy, who I don't know, man. He'll, he's never going to pay for a soda pop again in, the, in this town. Going to the celebration parade on Main Street after oh, the podcast They'll be slipping today. a beer soon. Maybe at the parade today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it was a really fun uh, fun few days um, being a part of it and uh, kind of history for the town because they'd never been. It's a town that prides itself on baseball and community and um, just kind of uh, being a throwback uh, type of community in terms of values uh and for that to happen to go on that run which else going to have never been in the world series and then win it i will remember that for a long time and how are things uh, in your neck of the woods this weekend i want to say one thing about el segundo because i mean i spent a lot of time there um in, over the years and if you've never been there or or you know it's where lax is essentially um but it is this like small old school american almost just like Berg in the middle of massive LA, and it's really different than if um, Santa Monica went to the World Series or some other part of this city. It's like this little tiny old school town in there. So I can only imagine because you you're a resident now, you've embraced it, and like you're a huge baseball fan. So the the meeting of these two events together in your life must have been special. I mean, you've been you were texting us quite a bit. I will. Yeah, just remember much? this. Not at all. No, it, like, yeah, I yeah, say the, that with when the genuine. Jets missed the playoffs this year. You can't complain. You're, <laughs> no. you, got, you got your title. Yes, El Segundo. I got the old oil refinery. That's true too. I got the mighty Pacific. They call it Mayberry by the Sea. <laughs> a little baseball and our moms. Barbecuing Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's badass, though. On a walk off, uh, I don't know. Your kids, I would think, are going to be talking about that and uh, remember that for the rest of their lives. They'll, they'll, Maybe like, when they're. I, at we least always the- think that with our children that they'll remember things the way we think they'll remember them, but they're also 
half paying attention and playing with their friends for the majority <laughs> of the game because yeah. they're kids and they they have no sense of the moment. It just mean when they're in high yeah. school and stuff, they'll be like, or when they're in, I think I think they'll know it. Town pride. Right. It'd be interesting to be in that high school um, when those kids, these kids, like suddenly are royalty inside of a normal, you know, uh, what grade are they in? Like, I mean, they're in like, what? They're 12. <laughs> so there's a bunch of normal 12 year olds around that are, can't even figure out how to like, you know, they're in middle the school. hallways of the middle school. And then you got these like local heroes. I mean, there's going to be a divergence of social stratospheres in this world over the next few years. Um, so, yes, yeah, very important to do in my neck of the woods. Also uh, important is... Uh, the celebration that is the end of the preseason schedule. It's over, folks. Every game was played. Uh, training camp's wrapping up. Are we all done with camps across? Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Which means uh, football is next week. Real football. Football's back. How about that? Well, not yet. No, we've been through this. Well, yeah, many, many times. You keep on trying to rush the football's back, Greg. Yeah, it's love it so the much. whole point. It's back at, a, at so many different points. But is it is it truly back where you could say it without any reservations? I wouldn't say that. No, I think you need to be stoic about that. I I hate the third week of the preseason. First couple, you're excited, but man, like billionaire owners charging full price for guys that have no chance making the team, tearing their ACLs, like like Nate Sudfeld did. I mean, the the, the Brown is a tough. It's tough. It's a tough situation. They literally cut Kellen Mond in Cleveland, and then after they made that Josh Dobbs trade, told Kellen Mond, you're not going to make the team, but you have to play our entire third preseason game at quarterback. To me, that's preseason and not so. They did the same with Nate Sudfeld in Detroit, essentially, and he ended up tearing his ACL. Like He, he knew he had no chance to make the team. But, Greg, you also made the point it's rough. a couple shows ago that – Anyone arguing about injuries in the preseason needs to pipe down because they're just going to happen mean, the anyways third, at some the third point. Week, you know. The third week is... Uh, Feels a little mercenary. ...is rough. <laughs> and if they if they just charged uh, 20 bucks per ticket, I wouldn't be complaining. The fact that you literally pay the exact same amount as a, as a regular season game is preposterous. Well, you got the old Rex Ryan putting Mark Sanchez back in the preseason <laughs> game and then a disaster strikes. And, <laughs> All right. Well, too know, much uh, negative. Uh, uh, we uh, got to uh, get uh, to the good uh, stuff. Sorry. <laughs> No, those guys, those quarterbacks, that's a tough situation. The way they sell them on it is, hey, you get to showcase. Get some tape. Ball out, bro. Yep. Showcase, and you bring sure. some, someone else calling. Anyway, all right, we got a lot to get to. Let's start with the news. First and 10 for the Giant 14. Rodgers with the fade for Wilson in the touchdown. To my point, he threw an absolute dart. Oh, there it is. First of many times, I think, boys, uh, Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. And I'm getting more and more annoyed at myself because of my Jet fandom when I did the Superstar Club that I didn't put Garrett Wilson in ahead of it because I feel more certain about that than anything. If if he stays healthy and Rodgers stays healthy, he's going to think, I think he's going to produce in that Justin Jefferson Club this year. Mm. Devontae Adams Club. I think he is just different. And now he's paired with a truly great QB who looks great as well. I think they are going to make music. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I think if you look at the last couple of years in Green Bay, um, sort of openly, visibly frustrated with wide receiver play. And when you hear on Hard Knocks how he talks about Garrett Wilson, um, it's genuine. It's real. I think he sees it, too. And I think we saw some of it a year ago. And it's like 
that last year's draft class for the Jets um, is as big of a game changer and as big of a deal as getting Aaron Rodgers. I watched this game in a place in the middle of L.A. The Snoopy Bowl you speak of. The, Sno- the Snoopy Bowl, but it's yes. like in L.A. You At go, least the you, Jets gave us something to watch this weekend. One of the few starters out there. You have nice a hodgepodge job. of people that don't that aren't tied to anything in L.A. It's like they have 18 different teams, but the place came to a standstill mm. to watch the Aaron Rodgers drive. It was like that's what the Jets are this season. I checked out the Offensive Player of the Year odds because Mm. we had to submit Mm -hmm. our predictions on NFL.com. We'll also be doing our awards predictions later on this week Mm -hmm. on this podcast. Spicy. And Garrett Wilson was somewhat high up there. And I was like, oh, that's that's surprising. But then I also saw Brees Hall was somewhat high up there. And I was like, oh, Jets fans are feeling themselves. The only reason (laughs) those numbers are quite that high is Jets fans are putting a decent amount of money on it. And it it just puts them higher on the list. But the Garrett Wilson part, I could buy that. As not, I said, not so much pre-saw offensive player of the year. Let, I said to eyes in the thing about this this Jet season is the logic checks out that they're going to be good. Will they be good? Well, we're getting closer to finding out, Marky. Football's almost here. I, I think it's all you know. I I I can't decide if um the the Dan experience of it is going to be. Uh, more of an issue for Greg and I if they are really good or if they crater. And it's like, I really want the, mm. I just want you to be happy. It's been a huge, I can't imagine your weekend. You know, the, <laughs> the World Series situation, you've got Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets. I don't know. These are, what could go wrong? We got our first, a lot. Uh, our reformed Monday night <laughs> football recap, the very first one. Whoa. Josh Allen at Aaron Rodgers' debut. And our super yes. producer, Eric Roberts, the Bills fan. So it's just going to be a lot of heat. A lot of heat. On Monday night. All right, let's get to the news. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers is a Jet because Zach Wilson failed as the number two overall pick in the 2021 overall uh, in the 2021 draft. One pick after Wilson was taken. Trey Lance came off the board to the Niners who moved major assets to get Trey Lance. They saw Trey Lance, they being Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, as the missing piece of a, a really potentially a dynasty that they could build. Uh, in San Francisco, and of course, that has never happened. Injuries have been a major reason why, but Lance also has had opportunities both on the field and behind the scenes to entrench himself uh, in the Bay Area. It never happened. Sam Darnold beat him out as the number two quarterback, and now he's gone. The 49ers traded uh, Trey Lance to the Cowboys for a 2024 fourth-round pick. The Cowboys take on Lance's entire salary, uh, that's $5.3 million guaranteed in 2024. The Cowboys now could also exercise that fifth-round option for 2025 down the road. Let's start with the 49ers side of it. Uh, Greg, this is um, a team that were they, – they were forced almost to be candid about this after the trade happened, that it just didn't work out. And it's one of the biggest, I feel like, gaffes for any team in the last five years or so, the fact that it's a one of the super teams in the league. Uh, makes it even more kind of fascinating. It It's crazy. And it's like fuel for like bad takes everywhere. I almost feel like I don't like any takes coming out of this. I don't like the takes from the 49ers brass even. Like I watched the Kyle Shannon press conference and I, I thought he tried to be as honest as he could. And he said, look, Sam Darnold really pulled away that it wasn't that close and that they were they were pleasantly surprised to get a fourth round pick. They weren't they weren't even expecting uh to get something that good for Trey Lance and I'm like, "Man, you were That's a day 3 pick. That's like let's not make a four, a fourth round pick during the draft. People are throwing around like nothing. Right. Like it's nothing. You throw it in just to move up in the third round. You got nothing for him. It it was a disaster. I think 
after listening to him and Lynch talk about, I think part of it is Trey Lance, the person, is someone everyone really likes. And that's part of it. He Like, it's Brock Purdy's closest friend on the team, which I think says a lot about both of those guys, uh, that they're, like, so tight. And when they talk about each other, you can tell they mean it. And I think they were just trying to avoid their distraction and that it's a painful memory for Kyle Shanahan, too, that they're embarrassed by it and that it's just better off to just totally cut ties, take whatever you can for it. And the Cowboys, apparently, unlike other teams, stepped up with a fourth-round pick, whereas maybe the earlier offers were with the fifth and sixth-round pick. And from a 49ers perspective, I think you had to do it. But let's not do the back slapping thing was like was like hey they took a gamble uh no no harm in that they they took no it was like no you made a bad gamble you no, pick, you it, picked the wrong horse and because because the rest of the roster has worked out so well and because Kyle Shanahan has a reputation for essentially taking you know mid-level quarterbacks and, and maximizing them this black eye um, is easier for the Niners to kind of shrug off and move into the season because they're still seen as maybe the second best team in the conference, second or third. And I, I find it to be such a bizarre like subplot to this Niners regime because they have struggled in certain ways. And I mean, there have been years where injuries derailed them at quarterback, but this is a, this is a player that they simply couldn't develop who, if you look at all the rest of the guys that Shanahan has had, in theory, on paper, has higher potential, but no one's seen it. I mean, I think, you know, now the Cowboys adopt this uh, puzzle to solve, essentially. I mean, what's not to like from the Cowboys' side? But the Niners have to walk away saying, this is a player we couldn't figure out. But we have, we've seen him more than anyone, and we gave him away for next to nothing. The Bills, the Ravens, the Lions had some interest, apparently. I mean, this is a black mark on the Niners' organization, but I also don't freak out about it because... Yeah. You want your team to go swing for the fences. In another world, Trey Lance stayed healthy and they developed. Yeah, but they them. also took Solomon Thomas over Patrick Mahomes when they desperately needed a quarterback and Josh Allen. You know, or, Isn't right. it weird that they have a bit of a blind spot considering <laughs> the offensive mastermind that's running the show? And I don't know if we had the exact. Be- what makes this even more painful than the Jets, for instance, missing on Wilson is that the 49ers moved into that what spot aggressively. Right. Uh, I'm looking at the original article when it came out. Uh, Nick Shook wrote it on March 26, 2000. 21 they traded up from 12 overall to third overall with the Dolphins Uh, Miami received the 12th pick a third round pick and first round picks in 22 and 23 so they have you have to be sure about that guy and I guess the question I would have if I'm the if I'm really from both sides the fact that they never truly gave him a chance like truly gave him a chance if I'm a Cowboys uh, fan or I'm the Dallas guy, I'm kind of tempering my expectations in the sense that, like, if the 49ers are willing to give up on this guy and Sam Darnold's bounced around the league for a couple of years and he beat him out in camp, like, this might be just a guy that's not a pro. I am convinced, like, uh, it, this started to come into my mind a couple of weeks ago, like, I think Kyle Shanahan probably didn't was never on board with Trey Lance as much. I think that he and John Lynch might have been somewhere different on that front. But that can't happen. You know I, what well, I mean? Like, but I, but I think for I a trade of that magnitude, could, they I had to be in lockstep. It, I just if think they weren't locked up at the beginning, though. He they convinced him, and he was on board sure. by the time they I'm took him. I'm not saying they were not like at odds, but I don't think that like Trey Lance never seemed like the most Kyle Shanahan esque quarterback to me. I think by the end of this process, if there were no backstory or value attached to it that he seemed more comfortable with Brandon Allen as a number three than Trey Lance, and they moved on. I mean, they're just I think it seemed like they wanted to get rid of and dump the whole Trey Lance weekly questions, the weekly narrative around it, and just move yes. on. And they did right by the player on that front. Well, I, I think it's a, a warning of, like, 
they were at the number 12 pick in the draft, and they, they said as much over the weekend. We just didn't think we would be up there again. We thought this was our chance. We got to take a quarterback. This is the year to do it. But, like, some years, and that was a, a highly touted draft. They could have taken Fields. I, I, my, or like, Mac Jones. My nuclear-grade um, hot take is they m- might have won the Super Bowl there with Mac Jones oh, a couple of years ago. Sorry to ago. step actually, on the nuclear grade. I actually think uh, Mac Jones <laughs> in San Francisco would have worked out, like, really well. Uh, but we'll never know. Kind of like how I think Sam Darnold would work out with San Francisco really well, and now he's just one heartbeat away. Uh, Sam Darnold. <laughs> from a Cowboys perspective, I don't hate that they took on the money. Like the 49ers, just stop trying to make it out that you did okay in this trade. Stop it. <laughs> they, they tried to like, like, hey, we were surprised someone actually took his money. It's like, were you really? He's making $6 million over the his next money is an two life. years. Like he is making less per year than Mike White is for the Dolphins. So stop it. On a one-year deal, basically. Right. Unless and, you want to keep him around. Right. And um, I think it's worth a try for the Cowboys. And I don't think it says much about Dak. But I do think it's, you know, you have to think about the possibility. What if Dak gets hurt? Or what if Dak just had a disastrous year? And he has sort of an out in his contract uh, coming up after this year. I think it's way more likely that he gets that contract renegotiated because they would take on a ton of dead money if they tried to ever cut or, or obviously more likely trade Dak Prescott. Well, regardless, but, you know that you're going to lose Dak for a number of games, probably to injury every season. I mean, I don't know. if I, There's no proof hmm. that he's any better, Trey Lance, than Cooper Rush, but the potential is there. Let's hear from Dak Prescott, and you don't have to listen closely to – here he did not necessarily that he's unhappy about the move, but he didn't really need to be talking about it. But everybody's going to ask him. To be honest with you, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. He's uh, been in this league eight years, been on this team. Uh, it's hard to say that I was surprised. To be honest with you. And here is mm. Jared Jones uh, offering his take on things. Jerry did not consult many people uh, on the front lines of the Cowboys, according <laughs> to his words. We uh, 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 we didn't tell anybody until we did it. Period. There was nobody that knew it. I, we told Mike after we'd done it. And you, you I, but my point is, we just wanted to get it done. Have you talked to Dak since then? No, I have not. <laughs> I mean, what? Why, Mike Bean, Mike Jarrah. McCarthy, the head coach. Jarrah. Why do you need to tell us that? <laughs> he doesn't, but I think Jarrah loves it. Jarrah wants you to know that this is his decision. But you're right. You don't need to go out of your way to say that you kind of kept your head coach in the dark on who his number two quarterback is, as well as uh, Dak, who you have a very deep business relationship with at this point and personal relationship, I would imagine. And oh. I mean, Jerry Jones is the one owner That's that Jarrah. sort of historically fawns over, becomes friends with, treats his players like his own sons. And to go out of your so way. So shall we read into that then? I don't, I, I don't know, because <laughs> I think, you know, Dak is the one quarterback, too, of any that I can think of that. Anytime you turn on any talking head show, they're talking about Dak Prescott. We're doing it right now. And it's like, I wonder if some of it's just rubbed off on him a little bit. It just seems to have the weight of the world on him to some degree. It, it's disappointing. I mean, it's disappointing for Cooper Rush, too. Who? What, what is he making this year? Let's see. Uh, I He signed a, a two-year contract for $5 million. So that's basically nothing. He, I think he'll be the backup right now. But it might be something where if Dak Prescott got hurt, Cooper Rush comes into the game. But if Dak Prescott misses seven weeks, you're going to give Trey Lance the chance to play for seven weeks. And you have him for two more years. I think that's I think that's a good move. Dak's going to be 31. It's not like you would expect to ever move on from Dak. It's more like if an injury happens and a little bit of leverage, maybe in contract negotiations. But 
they would take on so much money. Some of these quarterback contracts that the big guys are now signing where they keep restructuring, restructuring, like it would be very painful for the Cowboys to ever move on from Dak Prescott, not to mention what are the freaking odds that Trey Lance is going to ever be better than Dak Prescott is at age 31. I think it's pretty small. The odds that he's half the player that Dak is, I think is very small at this point. You know, circling back to what I said about the 49ers being willing to move on. I, your your old boss Florio had wrote a post about, you know, they just gave Zach market a, a top of the market contract. Um, on the offensive line, Micah Parsons is going to be up for a new deal soon, and he's going to be the highest-played defensive player in the league, potentially, uh, when that happens. So does Dak's contract and having to restructure him uh, soon enough to make the, the Parsons deal work, is this all something to keep an eye on? I think it's worth keeping an eye yeah, on. Yeah, it's like a huge uh, telling season for Dak Prescott. It is an important year. a very disappointing stretch drive last year important year. Another news, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders are back in business. Uh, similar vibes to Saquon and the Giants. The Raiders signed Jacobs to a one-year $12 million contract. That's a nice little raise. He would have made uh, just over $10 million under the franchise tag. Uh, it sets him up well um, in the future as well. If the Raiders uh, Mark want to tag him again next year, he gets kind of a top-of-the-market one-year deal. Or they could choose to give him free agency, which is kind of what he's been wanting anyway. If he's not going to get paid to the value he believes he's worth. So Josh Jacobs back, hopefully the same way he was last year. I mean, it kind of goes back to me with the whole concept of the Raiders' vision about who they are and who they want to be. That they made this very strong decision not to give him a fifth-year option, which would have cost them $8 million. So they're now paying mm. well more than that after a prolongated, um, controversial uh tit and tat here where in the end Josh Jacobs like now you roll him out in week one I hope he's healthy I hope you don't get one of these situations where a guy didn't show up in the preseason and he's going to deal with a lower body injury but he's like critical to their team um they they have they 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 got themselves into this own mess and I mean also if you're Josh Jacobs though there was a chance like teams could have come and offered something the Dolphins had a little bit of interest Josh Jacobs is the latest running back to learn like teams aren't giving up much for any of you guys. Unfortunately, sad for you, but like no one was coming with a monster deal that the Raiders would have ever accepted. He did well, though. I mean, he is the first ever franchise tag player to successfully not show up. It's not technically a holdout since he was unsigned and get a raise. Saquon didn't really. He got an incentives and it'll hit some of those probably. It's like a million bucks or something. A million point eight for, yeah. for Saquon. But, uh, Jacob's got it. Jacob's got an actual $1.6 million raise off the franchise tag. That's actually never happened. Uh, so that that's something. That, that is got, something. And I think it's it, because of the owner. I think Mark Davis, he said, I'm so proud of him. He's the heartbeat of the team. You can read the tea leaves that Mark Davis was like, give this man a raise. I don't mm-hmm. care what you think about running backs. I just think it's something. But it's, this is not at all what these this group of running backs is seeking. These, this one-year fix where then you have to go back out on the whole right. thing. It's like they want real deals. And these are like short-term like we're desperate. It's you or Zamir White, and so yeah, we'll pay you in the in the eleventh hour. He's and also a guy like didn't have a lot of like no one was doubting them declining his fifth year option. To put that in perspective, like well, he's he was a guy who had been very up and yeah. down. Yeah, and uh, if you're curious, uh, yeah, so he's making twelve this year. Derrick Henry is making twelve and a half this year as part of his four for fifty contract he signed. Uh, if he did get tagged next year, that would be 14, which is just behind Alvin Kamara, who makes 15 million 
uh, as the third highest annual value salary in the league. Uh, Christian McCaffrey at $16 million per year is number one. Okay. Another mm, news. This came down a few minutes ago. The Cardinals, man, the tank is strong in Arizona, and it is rolling over Stop. hope for the fans of the Redbirds. Uh, Colt McCoy will not be the starting quarterback this year. He won't even be on the team after Arizona cut the veteran passer. Uh, clearing the way, Greg, for, I guess, Josh Dobbs, who they literally just brought into the building. Come on, Greg, don't say stop. This team ain't trying to win. Well, but wh- why do you assume Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon are any worse than Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy's 38 years old uh, in a new system and rep- by all accounts struggled throughout the, the practice. And he was- I mean, he had the full offseason and he's a veteran. Like, I felt like he might not play at a high level, but he would at least – you know, know the playbook front and back. And, right. And with, with Dobbs, you're really like, you're winging it. Let's well, face it. So their offensive coordinator is uh, drew Pitzing, who was with Dobbs last year. And so okay, that, that helps in Cleveland. So that, I think that was it that they, I think they looked at McCoy and thought this was the other guy, you know, this was the previous regime's guy and he was going to have to probably play at a better level than he played at 38 years old for them to think like, well, why don't we just play Clayton Toon? If there's not much difference between them, let's play J- Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon is a fifth round rookie who I, who I watched quite a bit in the preseason. And I would say he looked okay for a rookie quarterback in the preseason. Not great, but not terrible. Well, he's clearly, so they drafted him. So they're going to probably favor him over Colt McCoy. Um, you, you mentioned the link with the OC and Dobbs and, you know, Dobbs was a guy that, you know, last year the Titans were like, we don't know much about you, but you want. we need you to come in and win important for game, games for us over Malik Willis down the stretch, and he didn't look that bad. I mean, I think he's serviceable. He's older than people realize. He's He's been around. But I think for me, Kyler Murray on the PUP, it's like, Okay, like in if this was a team that went seven and one, like you roll Kyler Murray back into the lineup. If we want to say they're not tanking or they're not doing whatever the word is, like if Kyler Murray never sees the field. We know what this team is doing. That's, and how, and how do you, in, in, in today's NFL, though, how do you explain to anyone if we don't see Kyler Murray all season long? Because the, you, can, you can probably shroud it as some sort of like, he's not fully healthy. But if they were a competitor, Kyler Murray would play this year, no doubt about it. And he they, probably won't. They traded for Josh Dobbs three days ago. These are not serious people making serious I, I'm decisions absolutely with you. right now. I'm They're sorry, serious like, about getting the, the first yeah, overall pick. Like serious decisions <laughs> about <laughs> being competitive. And that's the guy I feel bad for, Jonathan Gannon, because I feel like he's going to be put in a very difficult situation this year. And then you got to trust ownership to let you start over next year. Um, I where, where are the wins coming from? I The I, Rams? I think they were hopeful of like the Toon-McCoy combo and – which is crazy to begin with that they could last for a little while and that it probably maybe neither were quite as good as they were hoping for. And Dobbs, they felt like is a better option, but yes, if you're, I've never heard of a late round pick swap for a week one NFL starter. Maybe it might be Clayton Toon though. I, I we can't be sure. I don't know if they're going to win more than two games, two good quarterbacks in this draft though. Probably. They're on O for watch for real. They gotta, I mean, it's almost it's so tough to do that, but I know it is. Know, but just they're on the watch list. They, they have, do like like I want to see what this Rams team is, but like there's no other win on clear win on that schedule. They're, they're at Houston. They got the Rams a couple of times, but yeah, that's it's, uh, it's a tough sit. Uh, tough sit for Ryan Jensen and the Bucks. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that the knee injury that Jensen suffered last year and tried to play through down the stretch. 
uh, is likely career-ending. He was placed on IR. He'll miss the 2023 season, obviously. And it sounds like this is the end of the road uh, for Jensen. Uh, Robert Hainsley, who filled in for him last year, now will uh, slot in as the starting center this year. So good luck to Robert and uh, Ryan. This At 32 years old, Ryan Jensen, that is a... Uh, that's tough, and and we talked about it last week, Greg. That the uh, his he rushed and and came back and tried to play on the knee in the blowout loss to the Bucks, uh, play a blowout loss uh, in the playoffs last year. Hopefully that doesn't uh, that didn't come into play in terms of a long term issue. Here. I mean, I it seems like it did. I mean, Jensen said, yeah, his heart was broken, and he look, he was a friend of Tom, Tom Brady. And Tom Brady helped him get that contract, which he ended up, I think he got $22, $23 million guaranteed, ended up only playing one game with it. And he just, you can't predict injuries. And he earned that money by playing great for years before that. Uh, But he tried to come back from an ACL, MCL meniscus tear and a fractured uh, cartilage and and kneecap without surgery using uh, a new method, uh, what they they called, I believe, a, like a, futuristic method where they use stem cells from the umbilical cords of babies. Oh, no. No, 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 That does not sound right. Right there. That's you need to red flag that if you are Ryan Jensen or anyone. That's that's no, 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 no. It doesn't feel fair to the to the baby, to be honest. And he played he played that game. He played the playoff game, which was a a this is not suicide sci fi channel. uh, That was not wise. It was not. And plus, you're 6'4", 319, playing on an unsurgically repaired... Is it just like an old umbilical cord, like, wrapped around his knee, knotted up? No, I I believe that's not how that... It's it's stem cell treatments from the umbilical cords of babies, which, look, medical professionals, experts are the ones... uh, that are doing this, but yeah, that the, they were also donated by families of babies who were born no, by cesarean no. section in Antigua. I mean, none of this <laughs> sounds good. I don't know. I thought you were going down a different road there. Okay, there, healthy babies born. Okay, yeah. Let's just move on. Please. Uh, that, that offensive line, which was really good for a while with Tom Brady, to me is a huge question mark in front of Baker Mayfield. Look out. Uh, jobs won at the end of training camp and tra- and uh, preseason. Mekhi Becton, uh, his audition at right tackle went well enough where it looks like um, Robert Sal is going to give him the right tackle job. Good luck there. C.J. Stroud uh, with Houston. He's been playing with the number ones all throughout the spring and summer and preseason. So no surprise. He is now officially the QB one for uh, the Texans uh, transactions alert. <laughs> wow. Walker on first down. Moving to his left. And now Walker fires downfield. Looking for DJ Moore. Oh, he had Brilliant throw by P.J. Walker by the Chicago Bears, Greg. And I know that throw means a lot to you. It was one of the greatest throws in NFL history. He was unable to hang around hang around and be the backup to Justin Fields. Cut loose by the Chicago Bears. It was pretty shocking. They gave, uh, I think, two, $2 million guaranteed. So I guess the uh, the thought of cutting him this early is maybe another team picks him up and then the money offsets because he's, pro- he's probably going to get another job uh, but yes, I'm I'm sad for PJ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a great a hell of a throw. 
Hell of a throw. Tyson Badgett, maybe, from Shepard. The Division Three Shepard might be their backup, or it might be Nathan Peterman. I mean, what a combination. Stay healthy. Badgett played all right in the preseason. I think that's why P.J. Walker's yep. hitting the street. Yeah, let's, the Bears fans do not, want, do not want to see Badgett on the field in any capacity this season. The Rams trade for starting guard Kevin Dotson, uh, and the Pats also add uh, two tackles. Uh, to the mix, their names, Greg. Oh my gosh! Well, I gotta go look. Tyrone Wheatley. <laughs> Tyrone Wheatley, the old running back. Or Darian Lowe are the two names. I mean, no, it's not the same person. One was, yeah, the sixth round pick, I think, of the Vikings. You go. Their their offensive line is is a mess. They've been just really injured. They had questions, anyways. They have a new offensive line coach. The the scar of losing Dante Scarnecchia has the not. Scarnecchia is, is it uh, it, It's got me worried. It's yeah, not. How about the fact that the Jets picked. have his son? Yeah, that's where he's like, too. that's a coup d'etat right there. Head hey. of operations yeah. of some of some type of strange title. Right now, the Patriots starting right tackle is probably like a fourth round rookie who's looked bad in the preseason and is hurt also. Uh, so they're they are scrambling. I'm not sure who is starting week one. Oh, by the way, they play the Eagles. Oof. Uh, finally, let's head to kicker corner. Let's go to the club. Nobody likes to go to the club on Monday. I do. Cade York. No good, bro. The Browns kicker who struggled last year, struggled again throughout uh, training camp and preseason. Cut loose. Uh, So Cleveland's looking for a kicker. The Titans also without a kicker right now. Let me just throw out there. Hey, Robbie Gold still looking for a job. The Niners also, speaking of uh, Robbie Gold, the Niners... Moody, the guy that they invested a high draft pick in, he's beat up. His ba- his uh, backup also beat up. So they, they have some mm. questions there, too. Robbie, do not pick up the phone if John Lynch calls. He was disrespectful in the first place. But go to one of these other places. I think Gold, like I would take Robbie Gold in the second. The Browns, though, traded a 20-25 seventh-round pick to the Chargers for Dustin Hopkins. So, in theory, that's their guy. Dustin Hopkins was um, far from perfect either. But watching... Uh, Cade York melt down this preseason. Couldn't bring him back. I mean, it was rough. Like, that, did you see the final kick against the Chiefs? This was a chance to go kick. It was a manageable game-winning field goal with less than a minute to go. Mm. Bar, they're not going to put Patrick Mahomes back in there at the Chiefs. They're done. And low kick, deflected away. Blocked. Oh, uh, just a mess. And just you kind of knew right then. You know, the layman's going to blame that on the line, but many times it's the kicker. No, it was a low was kick, kicker. and he's been off the whole time. And you knew he was gone. And it's like, they that was the highest 124th pick, fourth round, 2022 draft. That that doesn't happen that often. The layman, Mark. It was the highest yeah. kicker drafted, uh, I think, in six years, since 2016. And uh, this is why you got to be careful on the old tweets on Twitter. Browns uh, sent out a tweet, uh, I believe, after week one. Eric's going to fly it up on the YouTube. Oh, no. That's why you draft a kicker when Cade York hit that game. Things change fast. Not a coincidence that was sent on 9-11. We have another Browns tweet that was quite a problem today. If we, I believe we, we, there we go. Happy birthday to offensive guard Michael Dunn, who hours later, and we've encountered this, uh, Dan, multiple times, yes. was cut by the organization. And that tweet's Come still on. hanging out. Later that day? Come yeah, on. hours later. Come Why on. can't these two sides speak Get, to each you other? you got to have the social writer 
at the meetings. They got to be in there with the personnel chiefs. I mean, Jerry's got to tell every. You don't tell Mike McCarthy, but yeah. you at least tell the social team. That, that's Trey important. That coming. step can't be missed. That you can't. You can't because they literally ruined his birthday. Right. So don't send out a tweet. It is like the worst birthday. It's like you're ever. mocking him, mm. Michael Dunn. Hey, Michael Dunn. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts here. Happy birthday from us. We wish that. I hope, and I think he might get another job. He's um, he played he, a bunch for them. He's kind of connected to the podcast industry. His wife, I happen to know, is the producer of the Birds with Friends podcast. Uh, How about that? Which, uh, features our friend of the show, uh, Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. It's a, a small world. The layman might not know that, Mark. So, yeah, well, it's not easy to be a layman. I think some teams out there need some uh, blocking. One more plug. The guy's a millionaire, but I'm going to give him the plug anyway. Robbie Gould, lifetime. He's 40 years old. Made over 84% of his kicks last year for the 49ers. Uh, and in the postseason. The, the Browns, I would imagine, Mark, fashion themselves a team that could compete in the playoffs. Well, they've got Hopkins. They, already, I think that's, they made their move. But I think the, I think they do, and that's one of the reasons they weren't going to risk the Cade York thing, even though even Titans, a week ago they were talking Mike about Mike Vrabel, probably they see themselves as playing meaningful football. Yeah, they, January. Yeah, they literally don't have a kicker. Robbie Gold, 29 for 29 in field goals in the postseason, 39 mm. for 39 in extra points. 16 games in his career. 16 playoff games has never missed. Yeah, I think it's ageism. I think mm. it's in there. It's ageism. He doesn't have enough touchbacks. Enough. I uh, I would be worried, too, if you were the Browns, like taking the uh, loser of a Chargers kicking competition. Yeah, that seems Feels ominous. dubious. Ominous. I know Cameron Dicker is a good, good kicker, but. Ominous. Uh, uh, before we take a break, a reminder, we announced it on Thursday. Give me some bed music. No. Oh. Little industrial backbeat. This is like in bed music. <laughs> NFL Plus multiplication sign around the NFL this season. Two shows a week. Do we have any word, Eric? Is it Mondays and Thursdays to go up live on the on their site, or is it? think so. Yeah. I, I would it's like see, heavy conversation. Yeah. I would think so. Still, but it's going to be special. Mondays, Thursdays, brand new episodes. Monday will be a game of the week. We pick the game we love the most on Sunday. We watch it together and, and look at it from a different angle. And then Thursday, Dreamatorium. Dream out loud, brother. This game of the week situation. Mm. So there's three of us. And, like, probably someone's going to have to step in and break, you know, ties between person A and person B's picking two games. And then what if the third person votes a third game? How do we decide? I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's going to be – I just see Arm already, wrestling. like, the, the power – you know, like, the power wrestling. <laughs> well, not, what if it's all 1-1-1? One, one, one? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Leave it up to uh, our uh, silent Name of the hat. Leader. We, could, we could put it uh, out as a, as a poll or something, though, maybe. Which you one do you want us to – Drew behind the scenes? He doesn't speak, though. He, we would never get it out of him. Yeah. It'd be we'll figure it out. Yeah. That's for us to figure out. Anyway, NFL Plus, ATN, you need a subscription here in the States. Everywhere else, it's part of your DAZN uh, Game Pass International situation over there. We'll be right back after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. <clears throat> See, I was my voice maybe a little off <laughs> screaming in the local fields of uh, the Southland. Nobody could discredit your enthusiasm. Um, now that preseason is over, now the training camp is over. Are there any uh, thoughts? Mm. We got a big week coming up, by the way. I want to express this before we get to the final conversation of the show. Um, we have two of our favorite shows. In fact, you know who reached out to me? I'm not telling tales out of school here, right? I told you guys about this last night. Out of nowhere, out of the blue. You know who texts me? No. Scott Hansen. You know what Scott Hansen wanted to know? You know who Scott Hansen. Everybody uh, knows Scott Hansen. Yeah, I Hansen. think anyone who's an American would. Red Zone, The Voice. Which you can you can also get on NFL Plus. Bang, plug it, baby. Hansen checks in with hands us. And guess what? He wants to know when around the <laughs> AFC and around the NFC is rolling out on our podcast. He says I've been catching up on pods. Yeah. When's it rolling out? And yeah. I said, Well, Wednesday, baby, and Thursday, baby. AFC and NFC with special guests. And he was like, thanks for the info. He's like, this is the show that really the host of the first football Sunday for the entire country. These are the shows he needs to listen to before he feels prepared to welcome the entire country into his Hansonian insanity. And he famously does not uh, relieve himself during the red zone telecast. And what I almost replied to him, I wanted to kind of take the relationship a little further. I said, I relieve myself constantly during ATN tapings. 15 times a show. We got to stop down and old Zeus's got to take care of the prostate. Uh, we know. I mean, it is it's it's become a major issue and impediment for the show. So but that would that's you guys it. are polar opposites from that part of the body. And yet our last names very similar. Think about that. Have you ever thought about that? No, I haven't. Yours is more of like an archaic uh, European version of, of his Americanized right. version. Exactly. Like I could have I could have had forefathers that got off the boat at Ellis Island and they said, no, bro, you're Hanson now. So I ducked that one. Mm. I like the originality of it all. Did he mention like the, your, your co-hosts on the, in the text thread? <laughs> mention Greg. Well, you know, I saw Scott Hanson a couple weekends ago. I had some friends to give him a little tour and like he couldn't have been nicer. So. He and I are in a good place. Good, good, in good. In a great place. Excellent. Excellent. So around the AFC, around the NFC, in 48 minutes each, coming up later this week with our good friends Patrick Claibon and Shook is back, nice. which is great. Nick Shook is going to join us and do the NFC. Also, we are going to do our season predictions, award predictions. Did you guys get your copy in, by the way? Oh, yeah. I was going to mention something. I, got I feel like last year one of us didn't. And Maybe, it caused me? an issue. One I, of you guys, I remember. Oh, I, I did it. I think I needed an extension, though. Might have been you. <laughs> no, I had it. I was no, in. I sent mine in. I did it. That, that we're going to drop stuff. on Monday morning. It's like, oh, the rest of the world. That's a tease. It's like uh, the rest of the world. Oh, Labor Day. Actually, the rest of the world's like, what? You have a holiday on? The- you know what it is for us? Day. Yeah, yeah. it's a day. We'll be dropping the, those awards predictions on Monday. Labor Day. Pick who wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl picks, award picks, any other predictions that we want to share, that's coming up. Um, all right. 
final thoughts on the summer that was Greg, right before training camp started. I remember we had a conversation and a segment on the show. It's like, what, what matters? What should the, the discerning smart football fan be paying attention to at the beginning of training camp? What's something at the end of training camp now mm. that we should be keeping tabs on as week one rapidly approaches? Well, the injuries to me are always the biggest thing. So I tried to look at the bigger picture. The dolphins, Starting camp with Jalen Ramsey getting hurt to me was as big a story as there's been. And then for a cascade of injuries in the secondary, along with Jalen Ramsey after that, like that's one team I just feel a little differently about. Like that actually mattered that going into the season, I think the Dolphins are a little thinner and a little more suspect on defense than I expected. I'd say outside of like what's happened to Denver's wide receiver core, like the Dolphins a couple months ago, and this is so happens every year to a couple teams, a dotting of teams. It's like they looked complete everywhere. And and like Teron Armstead has this, has that issues guys on defense. And it's like, it, you know, a couple fortnights later and like there's holes there. And like you in that division with that schedule, uh, Miami is not as sure of a thing. And and I hesitate to react too much to this. I wouldn't have brought this up because I don't know if this part matters. But, like, I don't think Tua had a great camp just based on the reports on the scene that he was a little up and down. Tua also. No, okay. not at all. Just that he was a little up and down. And, I, you know, he was he played a lot in the preseason. And I think I think they were trying to work some things out a little bit, maybe that he had a little bit uneven of a, a start a year too. He, I mean... We'll see, though. His, he's had some just remarkably efficient runs when he's been healthy on the field. He's also had some really bad stretches and bad games, if you kind of go by his game log. I, I don't think he's sure a sure slam dunk that he's going to play at a high level. I, I, I'm kind of in a similar boat. And that, and that you know, the New England side of things as well, if we want to just stick in the AFCs for a little bit, um, their ability to have a full uh, training camp and preseason with Mac Jones being the guy and O'Brien being the lead. What did you take out of uh, the Patriots? Do you feel any better about their offense compared to this time last year? Yes, except for the offensive line, which is a big except for. I, I kind of like what they're getting out of yeah. Keishon Booty, DeMario. Like, I actually think they have enough. Uh, sneaky, one of the big stories was Zappy looked bad in practice yep. and camp. There was never, and in the games, there was certainly never any battle. I think they're a very frisky team if they can get some protection. I mean, I feel like the reporting around the offense has been just underwhelming from wire to wire. And it got a little better, I think, towards the end in terms. I think they have enough there, but we'll see. That's two teams in the AFC East, though, that everyone wants to you know throw everyone in the playoffs. But it's like the Jets and the Patriots have often big offensive line well, question marks. You guys must have experienced it doing these predictions like, man, it, the AFC is loaded. It's hard to leave out some of these teams yeah. that are going to make it. I know one team that I named as a division winner because, you know, a couple of months ago, I just started to get into the mind that this team might be Ooh. being overlooked. Um, I cannot think of a team that offensively had a more, I wouldn't say outrageous, but just <gasps> pretty clean from wire yes. to wire. The Pittsburgh Steelers. You think they mattered? I think they mattered because I think there's a team that you could have said, well, we like Pittsburgh because of Tomlin, but we don't trust Kenny Pickett. And you have no idea if the offensive line is going to work or if the whole attack is going to be anything more than like a bowl of vanilla ice cream. And they came out and just executed over and over. And I thought that Pickett, it's the preseason, so it's like fine. But if you get that version of him, if anything, he's not turning the ball over. He's super clean. Like he totally has chemistry with Pickens and the rest of those guys. And so I picked them as my division winner over the Bengals, over the Ravens over the Browns. Spoiler alert. What are we doing over here? 
That was for, it's for NFL. Little little tease, little tease. But we're doing that later. Well, because you know what? Because a lot of times you'll see, yeah, but you're not really, you're like saying they're going to be good, but you're not really doing anything about it. It's like, I'm doing something. Oh, trust us. We knew after what you said in the summer, and then they had a nice preseason. You're probably having the Super Bowl now. 12 and 5. You having the Super Bowl? Barring a rain out. Uh, No, I'm not going to reveal that answer right now. You got to leave. You know, we'll see. In the Super Bowl. I think they they found another passer. That's never what I said initially about them. I think they're just a. Yeah, I, I, listen, that. Preseason was perfect for them. Now, I can't wait. In fact, when we do our draft, which is coming up, week one draft. Wow. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? Next week. Um, I know, Mark, you're going to be hot in the pants for that 10 a.m. Steelers-Niners. That's a good Absolutely. But you better hope the draft goes your way. Aren't you? I want it, too, because I want to see the Steelers. Uh, I want to see that offense in action against a real defense what's, that's trying with its first team. That would well, be a real tone setter for you to take that game away from me. Like, well, you can't only it's into our first draft. Well, you can't. He first of all, the Jets are in prime time, so he doesn't have to worry about that. That's right. Nice that's, so so he nice just goes and plucks this. Well, I'll do the old. I'll be watching I mean, anything. What anyway universe thing. am I on now that uh, it would be cruel to take the Steelers away yeah. from Mark Sessler? It's Let's calm much. down with this. Yeah, now. Well, it's the Niners. The Niners. It's like a huge aspect of that. That's a fetish of yours. I understand. But that's a great game, and I can't wait it to is. see. But it's also another test of what drives me so crazy about this time of year is people get so worked up right. about teams that do well in the preseason, and then you don't have that that mindset of, like, nobody's really trying. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, like the Ravens, for instance, didn't get nearly the pop in the preseason. They, they lost the, the again. Starters, yeah, they lost again. Uh-oh. This thing, this boat is taken on water. <laughs> They didn't get a lot of pop in terms of the camp reports. Their starters didn't play in the preseason. But I actually look at that, and I look, for the most part, there haven't been massive game-changing injuries around the league. Burrow, we assume, is going to be totally fine for week one. Like, I actually look at their camp now and think, look, they got to week one with this receiver group healthy, that J.K. Dobbins did return in time. Like, that was a concern going into it in July. And, like, even though we have no idea what's going to happen, like, Flowers looks pretty good. Bateman and OBJ are healthy. Like, they they got to week one with everything intact, which for that team is is a win. They, they brought in Clowney. So, like, to me, that's a win for the Ravens in terms of the preseason. That mattered. That they, none of those guys are hurt when you actually think they're going to be hurt. I think the Panthers had a bad preseason. Okay. Ikonwu keeps struggling. He gave up another sack. Like, this is three straight weeks. And their receiver group is pretty banged up and not impressive, even if they weren't banged up. Like, they're slow. I, I have a little more concern about Bryce Young and, and that offense than I did coming into it. And the fact that this Colts situation, and we're coming up on tomorrow, is the self-imposed deadline um, right on cut day for the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. The fact that that, you look at the Raiders, they got Josh Jacobs' situation under control here. It's going to be very tough for the Colts with a rookie wide uh, rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. If this is going to continue to hang over this team, does this get done? Maybe by the time you hear this podcast, Jonathan Taylor's traded. I also thought I didn't really share it last week, but you know, sometimes you could sniff this stuff out like that report that there were all these different teams interested uh, in Taylor that could have been sent out, uh, you know, to favors and trying to make this a thing, even when it's not necessarily a thing. Is that guy even healthy? Uh, where are the Colts? And, and you look at, the AFC South in general, it just it's a kind of a a tough divi- a division to make sense of because you have the Colts, as I said, with a rookie quarterback. You got Houston Texans with a rookie quarterback. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, everybody's kind of saying they're on the downswing now. But you know, unless you're really high in the Jaguars, um, 
Titans could hang around. That's why I shouldn't have banged the under. I think also with the Colts, like, so this is a player who is revered as, like, the guy in the locker room. Your star running back is, like, considered one of the best dudes around. For Every person talks about him that way. What are you saying to, like, everyone else in the organization when it's like, we're, we're willing to shop this guy, go into the season without the core of our offense, and, like, after a last year's organizational meltdown? I mean, you thought that, you know, you reset things, you bring in Steichen, like, Steichen's going to have a vision, you give Steichen what he needs to succeed, and instead you're in this prolonged, like, battle with the best player on your team. I, just, I think it's like it's a weird message to everyone involved about what the Colts hope to achieve based on really just a couple of million ado- millions of dollars. It's a bad way to end to start the season. And like, my last been, one been is bad vibes. It's good if you're a 49ers fan. The Brock Purdy thing went as well as possible. That mattered. That, that, that really absolutely mattered, mattered yep. that he got on the field for practice. First Looked team good. reps played in the preseason. No setbacks. The Trey Lance thing was a cloud hanging over the organization. Um, and they move him out, uh, and now you have Sam Darnold, who they like behind Purdy, and it's all systems go with an offense that is going to be ready uh, to to roll. I really think no matter who the quarterback is, so they have clarity at that spot because Darnold is a locked and loaded backup. They showed their faith in Purdy, and they got Trey Lance out of there, which I think was necessary. So if I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, I'm like, okay, good. We know what's going on here. We don't have anything else with this team um, mm. uh, standing in the way of making that run and finally getting over the hump and getting back to the Super Bowl and winning the thing. Well, except for one guy. He's up in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Gino. All right. I don't know about that offensive line, by the way. All right. Let's, know. you know what? Let's sit on. Some I know there's too many week one around the AFC and around the NFC. We don't want to stomp on any of those conversations about these teams. Yep. Save it. Well, that would disappoint Scott Hansen. We cannot do that. No need to. All right. That's it. How are you doing, Eric? How's your thumb, by the way? Thumb check. Robert's thumb check. Um, actually, it's supposed to be getting stitches out today. So, it's, um, well, that's going to be telling to see what they what it looks like. It whatever's yeah, happened I to mean, it. Any growth yet? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's scabbed over pretty nice. Um, mm. I mean, I don't think you need a daily update on the growth. It's yeah. going to take. Um, I do. It's going to take. Mark is also. This is just from a human, like the evolution. Uh, I know you're anti-Darwinism, Greg, but like, I want to know. <laughs> If we're dealing with something new. Yeah, I just like mean an like- actual doctor said that his thumb would just literally grow back. That's news. That was news I to me. I think it's going to happen. I have faith in you. I have faith in your thumb. But it's not going to be like it grows an extra inch every day. That would be something. It's going to take a little while, right? It's like those it's, stats it's gonna about, take a year. Like, it's like those stats about like glaciers. Like It's moving at an incredible pace. It's like a centimeter and a you half know, every five years. You know, Rosenthal is all, always like on and on about Adam and Eve and the garden and everything. Uh, I think that we might be dealing with a producer here th- that this is the next stage of evolution. And it oh, starts in the kitchen with an accident <laughs> and it turns into a revolution. It's exciting for our show, if nothing else. <laughs> if I can bring anything, I hope it's a, a fun talking point for the next year or so. Greg, uh, go ahead. What up? What else do I have to say? <laughs> Maybe he'll be the next like Pedro Martinez. That thumb's going to come back like three inches longer. And Eric, I uh, thought you were going to have an Adam and Eve take. Oh, yeah. Love those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Uh, like we said, Wednesday around the AFC in exactly 48 minutes with Patrick Claibon. Now, that's something to be excited about. We're getting closer. Football is back. Mostly. Not really. But soon. Here's the call.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 